Paul was like Christ in a lot of ways. One of them was that he was concerned about the church after he had departed. Tony Broom Ministries welcomes you for the following sermon called, After My Departing. They were talking about how God has been faithful through the years and how the Holy Spirit used to move in the church and the Holy Spirit is still the same. Jesus said upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So he cares for the church. He's building the church. And the old timers knew what it was to struggle in life. They not only had God, but they needed God. Many people today don't see their need of God like the old timers did. The old timers had God, they needed God. And people today are so self-sufficient that they don't feel like they need the Lord. And we try to introduce Christ to them and they, in essence, are saying, I don't need the Lord. I've got everything I need. My rent's paid. I've got money. I've got my parents and my grandparents. They give me everything I want and I need and I just don't need the Lord. People who came out when you did, they not only had the Lord, but they had to have the Lord. They needed the Lord. When you were heating with a double fireplace and using coal, get up in the night to go to the bathroom and step on one of those cinders. <laughs> Made you say glory, hallelujah. A lot of people don't even know what that is now, but I'm telling you. Yeah. Jesus is concerned about the church that not that it would stay using the lights in the top of the house and the hand fans. That's not what he's concerned about. We don't have to huddle around a heater in the center of the room. He's not wanting us to do that, but he wants us to stay with the old time power of the Holy Ghost and know what it is to have Pentecost. Jesus is concerned about the church. Paul was concerned about the condition of the church after his departing. It reminds us of the great attention Christ gave to His disciples to prepare them not only for His suffering and crucifixion, but also for when He departed from them and had gone back into heaven. That's why He spent from John chapters 13 all the way through 17. He covered things like servanthood and loyalty. He washed the disciples' feet and He taught them the servant is not above his Lord, nor he that is sent above him that sent him. And so we are to do what our Lord did. We are to humble ourselves as our Lord did. We're not to be proud and haughty because Jesus, who is the King of all, He didn't come that way. He came lowly in a manger and He humbled Himself. And as children of God, even though we're seated with Christ in the heavenlies positionally, practically down here on earth, we're to serve Him and humble ourselves, be like our Lord. The servant will be as his Lord, not above his Lord. He talked about the relationship of the vine and the branches. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. My father is the husbandman. He takes care of everything. That's the relationship that we have. Christ and his church and the heavenly father is taking care of everything. And the Godhead has put the Holy Ghost in charge in the church. Jesus is the head of the church. But the Holy Ghost is here with the church in this world and He is in charge in the church. If we're not doing things and going on away with the Holy Spirit, then we're going against the one who is in charge in the church. 
The one who is in charge in the church is not one man. The church may vote one man and he just takes everything in control, but that's not the Holy Spirit is the one who is in charge in the church. That man, that group of men and women, they better be have being led by the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is the one that's in charge in the church. There's a relationship between the vine and the branches, this integral relationship that is so precious and so connected that you dare not break it. You can't break the vine and the branch. If you do, there's a cutoff of the relationship. And he talks about the coming and ministry of the Holy Spirit. So important that he spent chapters talking about what the Holy Spirit would do when he came in the ministry of the Holy Spirit in and through the body of Christ. He, that is Jesus, like Paul, made sure that after his departing, the church would be left in good hands. The church should be left in good hands. And if we go the way of the Holy Ghost, it will be left in good hands. Amen. Acts chapter 20, starting at verse 17. And from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And how that I have kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, I want you to know that I have served God faithfully in Asia, not to get a pat on the back, but I have served him with many tears and lying in wait of the Jews and the temptations which befell me and the things that happened to me. I have not cease to declare to you the things of God I have showed you and I have taught you. I have not kept back anything that was profitable for you. And God helped the minister and the ministry that would keep back from the people of God that which would profit them, that which would do them good. Why do we want to keep back things from the body of Christ that would do them good? When they're done good, it will end up doing us good. Everybody will be done good if we share the whole counsel of God's Word. Don't keep back faith. Don't keep back Pentecost. Don't keep back the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't keep back the supernatural because that is profitable to the body of Christ. It would be profitable to the pastor and profitable to the ministry. It's profitable to all of us. Paul said, I have not kept back anything that was profitable unto you, but have showed you. That is a personal example, a demonstration one reason that we have kept back things from the people of God is because we are not able to show them personally ourselves. We ourselves sometimes don't have enough of the power of God to blow the fuzz off a peanut hole and we try to tell the body of Christ this and that and we fail in our personal example because as our sister said today earlier, we are spending more time on the Facebook than with our face in the book, and we're missing out on the power of God. We preach against gossiping, but then we get on there and see what everybody in Tom, Dick, and Harry and his uncle's doing and saying. And we have become the most nosy people under the green sun of God's earth. 
I have showed you as a public and a personal example, I have taught you publicly and from house to house. His ministry consisted of in the church and from house to house and publicly, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. He didn't hold back anything from the Jew, from the Gentile, the red, the yellow, black and white. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. We talk about faith toward Christ. Come to Christ. Put your faith in Christ. Love and serve Christ. But what about repentance? This generation knows little about repentance. You have to not only believe in Christ as your Savior, but you have to repent and come to Him and serve Him as your Lord. Repent of your sins. That means I don't like my life anymore. I don't want to live in sin anymore. I'm not going to live in sin. I'm not going to do that anymore. When you repent of your sin, Jesus Christ will set you free. That's why so many people who are bound by addictions, we say, oh, it's just so hard. That substance is just so bad. Once it gets a hold of you, it won't let you go. Yes, it will. If you repent of your sins and come to Christ, He will set you free. He can break that yoke of bondage. If He can raise Lazarus out of that grave in John chapter 11 after being dead four days, I know that He can set an addict free. Faith toward God and repentance toward our Lord Jesus Christ. They had warned Paul, don't you go to Jerusalem. Things will happen to you. They'll tie you up. They're going to do all these things to you. And they had warned him about the afflictions which were to come to him at Jerusalem. But in verse 24, he said, none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. I've got to do it. I'm not trying to disobey the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem, but I'm going anyway. I don't care what they do to me because I have a calling from God on my life and I'm going to do it. Amen. He said, if I die, I'll be with Jesus. If I live, I'll serve the body of Christ whichever way. I got it made either way. Amen. Testify the gospel of the grace of God. I've got to get the word out. If they kill me, that's all right. God will raise up somebody else, and if they don't, I'll keep on preaching until He comes again. Amen. It reminds me of the song the old Rex Neeland singers. I'm going to keep on working. I'm going to keep on singing. I'm going to keep on preaching till He comes. Amen. Verse 27, For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. That in our church we understand, and I'm not talking about just South Henderson, our church, but our particular kind of churches, we understand what that means. The total counsel of God's Word. He said, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God's Word. That means salvation through Christ, justification by faith in Christ alone. It means sanctification, cleansing from sin, the second definite work of grace. It means a baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It means a supernatural divine healing by the power of God. And it means getting ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now that's not maybe all of what it means, but in a nutshell, that's what it's about. I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. When we keep back God's Word, part of it that will help people, it's like having food or medicine even that's going to help somebody, but you're going to keep it back. Why in the world would you keep it back when it's going to help somebody? And here is all the counsel of God's Word. We don't want to talk about Pentecost. It might get out of control. Well, it's out of control now. It's been took over by the New Age movement. How much out of control more do you want? 
No, when you talk about Pentecost, when you talk about the Holy Ghost, instead of being out of control, it will be back in control by the Spirit of God. I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. And he says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. And that reminds you when you were in church when you were younger and the preacher would come and he had rear back. Now they have Sears and Roebuck, then they have Sit and Rear Back. You'd rear back and preach God's Word with the power of the Holy Ghost under the anointing. Sinners would get saved. Christians would be blessed. People would be healed. People would be lifted up. It's not this fangle jangle New Age message that's out today that won't do anything. Won't even wake a sleeping hound dog up, much less help somebody to get saved and help somebody in the body of Christ. This is a church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, he said, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. That's what's happened, my brothers and sisters. Exactly what Paul said would happen is, is what happened, that the wolves had come in and they have not spared the flock. They have destroyed the flock. They have mangled the flock. I know that Jesus said the church would prevail, the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And that's true. But we have a decision to make. We have a decision to make. He said, if you don't do what's right, the wolves are coming in and they will gobble up the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. You would think from the body of Christ those who should be involved in letting the ministry go forth and should be yoke fellow workers with you, they would be some of the ones who would turn against you like a pharisaical religion and would draw disciples after themselves and make these little groups that turns away from the goodness of God and what God is trying to do in the church. And you have these mouthers and complainers that tear down everything the preacher's trying to do to help the church to grow and to help the church to reach this generation for Jesus Christ. Yes, we may have a little different fancy now. It may look a little different. It may smell a little different. When the preacher's trying to preach the word and he's trying to reach this generation for Jesus Christ, we dare not go as long as he's in the book as long as he's in the blood, as long as he's keeping true to Pentecost and the power of God, we dare not go against our lead pastors. We dare not go against what people are trying to do to reach this generation for Jesus Christ. Amen. You better pray for him because what you got is all you got. And that's what they're doing. God is using them. If God could raise up us, just old Mill Hill country folks, not head folks like we are, if He could raise us up and save us and bless us, fill us with the Holy Ghost, then He can do the same thing for them. Therefore, watch and remember. See, we've got to watch and we've got to remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And He brings up those tears again. Everybody thinks that, not everybody, but just generally speaking, it seems like everybody thinks the ministry is just all hot, blue and everything is just hoopla, happy go. That's not the way it is. There are tears. They're involved sometimes in the ministry. Christ himself is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he knew what it was to suffer. He knew what it was to cry. And that's the way it is now. There are tears. 
that are heartaches and heartbreaks sometimes in the ministry, but it's still worth it all to see a soul come down the aisle, to see a soul tap in on Facebook. There's good things about Facebook too. You can tap in and get saved, get right with God, let somebody know you need Christ. Somebody in the church will follow you up and they will reach you for Christ. You can get saved. You can tap in and get saved. You can walk in and get saved. You can crawl in and get saved. Ever how you need to come in and get saved. The tears are worth it because people can still get saved and get right with God. And now he says, brothers, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. We've got to be sanctified, brothers and sisters. We've got to live a separatist life from this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're commanded to go out and preach the gospel to the world, but we're not commanded to go out and sin with the sinners. Jesus ate and he fellowshiped with them, but he did not sin with the sinners. He was there in this world. He came into a world full of sinners, but he never sinned so he could get along with them. He came to this world and identified himself with us so he could bring us out of sin. And he said, Paul said, we have to be sanctified. Among them who are sanctified, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. And we've got to be right with God. He said, after my departing, I'm concerned that the church will not be what God wants her to be. I'm concerned that things will start falling apart. I'm concerned that the new easy does it religion will take over. He said, I'm concerned and you need to hold to the old line. You need to let go of the things that will keep you from God and the landmarks. Do not remove the ancient landmarks which your forefathers have set. But hold to the old time religion. Not this new easy believism, cheap religion that's out today. But you got to hold to the old time religion who will help you while you're living and do you when you're dying. Praise God, it's the old time religion that's still the way to the cross. There's room at the cross for you. And at the cross, the ground is level. There's no big eyes and little U's. Christ shed his blood on the old rugged cross to save sinners. And that's the message of the gospel that's reaching out today. Verse 35, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Now, this is not recorded anywhere else. If Paul had not told us this, and the Holy Spirit hadn't inspired and allowed him to say this to us, we wouldn't have known these precious words of Jesus Christ. They're not recorded in Matthew. They're not recorded in Mark. They're not recorded in Luke. They're not recorded in John. But here in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, we have these precious words of Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Many people think it's more blessed to receive than to give because they have a lot of jimmies. They say, my name is Jimmy, and I want you to give me. And they got their hand reached out all the time. They think it's more blessed to receive than to give. But Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's why I'm here today. I'm not here today because circumstances are all right for me to be here. I'm not here today because everything, I feel all right all the time. I do feel all right in my soul, but I don't feel all right somewhere else all the time. But I'm here today because it's the right thing to do. I'm here today because I want to give, not just to receive, but I want to give to the body of Christ. I want to give to people so they can be saved and blessed. That's why we're here today. We want to see people blessed. Paul said, that's why I went through it. I went through the troubles. I went through the trials. I went through everything because I want to give. 
Not just to receive. Oh yeah, they're receiving. Every time you hear somebody being blessed, every time you hear somebody being healed, every time you hear somebody being saved and sanctified and spirit-filled, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. We rejoice with the angels, but it's more blessed to give than to receive. And when God gets a hold of your life, you're not about yourself anymore, just how much you can get, but it's about what you can give what you can do for the body of Christ, what you can do for Jesus Christ. And that's why when you're in a room with a patient, you know somebody else is next door in the same room, you'll pray for them too, just like you pray for yours. You'll ask God to take away the depression. You'll ask God to take away the sickness. And you pray not just for yours, for and no more, but you pray for all those who God brings to your heart, all those who you come in contact with. God is a good God. Paul said, after my departure, I'm concerned that the church would keep on running and keep on doing. As Pastor Frank used to say, it should be like a smooth machine. Not just because it's robotic. That's not what he was talking about. He's talking about when we serve God like we should. When I do what I can and you do what you can, we put our cans together and it makes a big can. We just do what we can for God. And it's all going together for the glory of God. Heavenly Father, I bless your name today. Thank you for the opportunity to be in this place. Thank you, Lord, for what we are experiencing in the Holy Spirit, to be lifted up in your presence. doesn't matter how down we are. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world around us, but we're lifted up in the presence of God. We bless your name for that. I pray that many would be touched with the old-time power of God today in Jesus' name. Amen. As we see the condition of the church world in general, it causes us to have concerns just as Paul did. The answer is the old-time preaching and teaching of God's Word, just as you have heard today. After My Departing has been a production of Tony Broom Ministries.